Welcome to the Inside Edge. Tonight's show coming to you live and direct from Boston, Massachusetts, where tomorrow the Blue Jackets will wrap up a road trip when they take on the Boston Bruins at TD Garden. Hi, I'm Bob McElligot. Jody Shelley is on assignment tonight. Well, the Blue Jackets played last night in New York City. They were at Madison Square Garden to take on the New York Rangers. Now, the Rangers went into the game already assured of a playoff spot in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They had earned that even though they didn't play the night before. They had gotten their way into the playoff picture. So, they are looking for more points so that they can try to catch the New Jersey Devils in the Metropolitan Division, and that would be good for home ice in the first round. So the Rangers definitely had something to play for. And the Rangers are a team that they've gone through their trials and tribulations throughout the course of the season. They did a lot before the trade deadline. They get Vladimir Tarasenko from the St. Louis Blues. Then it looks like they're not going to be able to get Patrick Kane from the Chicago Blackhawks because once you bring in Tarasenko and you start adding some salaries up, you get into cap trouble. But lo and behold, they find a way to get around that, and they get uh, some players that they move out of there, and they free up some cap space, and they do get Patrick Kane, and they bring him in. Now, Patrick Kane is still trying to become a New York Ranger, and that's not a surprise. His entire career, he has been a Chicago Blackhawk. And I don't care how much experience you have. You pick up, you move from one city to another. You're playing you're playing underneath the bright lights of Broadway, literally, when you go to Madison Square Garden. So it's uh, it's not a pressure-free situation for a guy like Patrick Kane, who has all of the experience and the accolades that he has. But one thing that he has done a lot is score against the Blue Jackets. I think he has 21 points in his last 12 games against the Blue Jackets. And he was part of a three-goal parade in the first eight minutes of that game last night where it looked like the Rangers were going to be able to do whatever they wanted to do against the Blue Jackets. It was a wide-open, end-to-end, run-and-gun game, and it was the Rangers that were gunning at the end and hitting their target. And it looked like it was going to be one of those nights. And when I say one of those nights, that means one with a very lopsided game that you had no chance in. But it wasn't like that at all. Not at all. The Blue Jackets got a power play in the first period, and a power play that has struggled throughout the year so very much, but all of a sudden in the last four to six weeks has really found something. And a lot of the reason for that is the guys on the power play have stayed healthy for the most part. Patrick Line is not in there right now, I get it. But most of them have stayed healthy and they've been able to, they've been able to create a little bit of chemistry amongst themselves, and that's helped them out tremendously. So they get a power play, and they got a power play goal, and it came off the stick of Kirill Marchenko, and I'll talk about that goal specifically and that player specifically here in just a couple of minutes. But they get that goal, and it sparks them, and now they're on the board. Now they're back in the game. They're only down by two, and then it gets to the final minute of the first period, and Johnny Gaudreau is able to score again, and the Blue Jackets are down by one goal after 20 minutes, and I'm telling you, If you watch the first eight minutes of that game, you would say no way this team is going to be down by one at the end of this period. They might be down by six at the end of this period. But they flipped the script on the Rangers and did a fantastic job of it. And then they came out and they battled in the second period. Unfortunately, what happened there was uh, the Blue Jackets took a penalty and the Rangers turned it into a power play goal. They upped the score to four to two. 
even in the third period, the Blue Jackets were fighting hard and uh, just just couldn't get back into it. Rangers were able to get an empty netter, and the final score is 6-2. to two. If you just look at the final, it looks like it was a route. It was nothing close to a route, quite frankly. I, I thought that the Blue Jackets played a really respectable 6-2 game. Brad Larson even said that after the game. He said, you know, it's not that you feel great because you lost 6-2, to two, but I saw a lot of character out there. I, I saw a lot of good things out there, and he's absolutely right. I mean, his team didn't quit. Despite what that score looks like, they never quit. They just kept on coming. They were down 3-0. They're left for dead eight minutes into the game. But with eight minutes gone, you got to remember, there are still 52 minutes left in the game. And sometimes teams remember that, and sometimes uh, teams forget it. A lot of times, the young teams with not a lot of experience, those are the ones that wind up having the bottom fall out, and then it is a very lopsided game. This team didn't do that last night. They didn't at all, and it was it was very impressive. Honestly, it was. I mean, look at the lineup that they had to put in there. You know, uh, Blankenberg is now out with an ankle injury again. Goodbranson is out with an injury. Olivier is out with an injury. Elvis is still out with an injury. You have two goaltenders that were both in the American Hockey League this year, and one of them played seven games, and that was Michael Hutchinson, who started last night. And now you've got John Gillies here. They're, they haven't played much in the NHL in a while. Um, Hutchinson, he did a nice job last night, I thought. Uh, you know, some of those goals were really pretty goals by the Rangers in the first period. But he he was able to bear down. He was able to do his job. And then his teammates did their jobs in front of him. So uh, it was all good except for the, the loss, the final score. That was the part that wasn't good, losing 6-2. to two. Now, I told you I would talk about Marchenko and his goal. Kirill Marchenko picked up his 20th goal of the season. He has scored 20 goals in only 50 games. 20 goals in 50 games. And the 20th one was a key goal because he now shares the rookie goal-scoring record with Pierre-Luc Dubois. When Pierre-Luc Dubois was a rookie, he scored 20 goals. And that's the most by a Blue Jackets rookie in the young history of this franchise. But he did it in 82 games. Kirill Marchenko has done it in 50 games. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing what this guy has done. He hasn't gotten many assists. What's he have? Three assists. He doesn't get assists. He just shoots the puck. And oh, by the way, if you're wondering if his teammates have any problem with that, well, Johnny Gaudreau will tell you that he doesn't mind Kirill Marchenko doing exactly what he's been doing, and that's shoot the puck. Yeah, he's got such a good shot. Um, you know, he finds those openings in the slot, and, uh, you know, he gets it off fast. So um, credit to him. Uh, you know, he's playing well. And um, <clears throat> try to get him the pucks as much as we can because he's got such a good shot and good shot presence. So uh, he's been doing great for us. The way he's scoring, you know, just keep shooting the puck. But, um, you know, um, you know, when he does start moving the puck and, you know, uh, you know, gets open, you know, pass, pass, you know, he can get open right after he moves the puck once and you give him a little more time and space and, you know, that's something that he'll get better and better at. Yeah, Johnny Gaudreau doesn't care if Kirill Marchenko starts passing the puck, but as he said, eventually, once he really feels comfortable and he is an NHL regular, I mean, he is now, but he's a young NHL regular, once he's a lot more comfortable with what's going on in the league, 
then that will come. But right now, they don't need that. He doesn't need that. He just needs to shoot the puck. He's going to break that record. He's going to break the record very easily. I was asked on Monday when I did my Monday Mailbag podcast, somebody asked me if I thought that he would get to 25 goals. And I said I thought that he might get to 22. Well, I think I might have to reevaluate that because now he's sitting at 20. If he does get hot and he can be streaky, maybe he does get to 25. I don't know. I guess right now I'll just sit with my 22. There are nine games left. You'd only have to get two goals in nine games. Anything above that is just gravy for him. But I want to see him break that record. I really feel as though he will. I, I don't see how he can't break the record unless he were to suffer some kind of an injury because if he's playing these games, I can't see him going nine games without getting a goal. It's just, it's not impossible, but to me, it's almost next to impossible. But let's talk about the goal that he got on the power play and with Patrick Line not in the lineup right now, Kirill Marchenko got to go to his spot on the power play. And Brad Larson says that's something that really excites Marchenko. He's been dying to go to that spot. He, he likes that spot, so he, he's going to get a look and an opportunity. And, you know, when he finishes there tonight, so, yeah, it, it, you miss Patrick, but, you know, it's just another opportunity for someone else to show that they can do it. He works at it so much, and it's not just – he doesn't just work on shooting. He works on all aspects of his game. I mean, he – he wants to get involved in all three zones. He's, he asks the right questions. He wants to be a well-rounded hockey player. Um, you know, you see he can finish. He, he doesn't need much room to finish. And, and you know, he's got a real bright future because I, I, I just he has this passion for the game. Uh, you love coaching him. You love being around him because he's, he's just he's infectious to his teammates. He's infectious on the ice. He's, he's on early. He's off late working on things. But he really works at it. He's just not out there taking one-timers or throwing wrist shots at the net. He's working at areas of game where he can improve uh, his shot under pressure. Uh, he may not have scored it the night before in a spot, so he works on that shot 15, 20 times just so he can try and perfect it. So uh, he, he loves to play. He loves to compete. And I think, you know, you're seeing a kid that's, uh, he's just kind of at the front end of this, and it's going to be really, really neat to see where he gets to. Completely agree. It has been fun to watch Kirill Marchenko. He is infectious. He always has a smile on his face. Although last night he was a little bit somber in the dressing room after the game. Of course, his team lost, so you're going to be somber. But when you ask him about scoring goals, he literally will tell you, I don't think about it. If I think about scoring goals, then I'm not scoring goals. But if I don't think about it and I just go and I play, then I score goals. Hey, whatever works for you. It doesn't matter. You don't have to think about it. Just do it, right? That's what the saying is, just do it. And Kirill Marchenko has just done it. He has just shot the puck, and he has put it in the back of the net 20 times in only 50 NHL games. Let's talk about another young guy who I think has been impressive. Now, it's totally different. It's not like he's lighting the lamp a lot, but he's doing a lot of the little things that is getting him more time in the lineup and one of the, the real valuable things that he's doing is winning faceoffs. And I'm talking about Hunter McCown. Remember, you just met him on this show a week ago when he sat down with Jody and I coming in from Colorado College, undrafted free agent, a lot of size, a lot of potential, a lot of great things being said about him. Well, he's now played in three NHL games. And I'll tell you this, he does not look out of place, not at all. 
And Brad Larson, when I talked to him prior to the game yesterday against the New York Rangers, this is what he had to say about Hunter McCown. You know, he, he looks very poised. He's a, you know, he's a quiet kid, but I, I, I like he's done an excellent job in the faceoff circle. I think he's, you know, he's, he's, he's sorting through how, how we're doing things around here. I think he's, he's looked fairly responsible. Uh, especially in a tough position, you know, center is a, is a tough spot to be in. So, um, you know, I had him, had him on the ice quite a bit last game, and and you know he, you know he's slowly building some trust there, and and you know it takes some time, but um, you know there's something to be excited about. Yeah, and uh, when you're talking about a centerman, if you got a guy that can win faceoffs on this team, that'll give him an edge, won't it? Yeah, especially as a righty. That's the thing. We, we've had Boone and Curls as lefties all year, and, and so they're and they're very good in the circle. But to have a righty, that, that gives another element. So, um, yeah, that never short on uh, or never have too many uh, face-off guys if they're at your disposal. So, again, face-offs making Hunter even more valuable to his head coach, and that's a good thing. When you're coming in like that as a rookie, nobody knows who you are. Nobody's really known what you've done. I mean, the the general manager does, the scouts do, but now you're with a, a group of players. Many of them have played in the NHL for a long time. You've got an NHL coach now. They don't really know what you can do. You've got to show them, and Hunter has done a pretty good job of showing them some of the potential that he has. I think he has a lot of it, quite frankly, and he is just scratching the surface on it, and face-offs is one of those things that – is helping him to stand out, and that's a great thing for him. So the Blue Jackets lose last night 6-2 to the Rangers. They're going to take on the Bruins here in Boston tomorrow night. I've got a couple of guys I'm going to talk to here in just a few minutes. Uh, One is a New Englander himself, and that is Blue Jackets defenseman Billy Sweezy, who was just called up from Cleveland yesterday for the game against the Rangers. And wait until you hear from this guy. It won't take you long to figure out why his teammates absolutely love him. But before I talk with Billy, I'm going to get together with Blue Jackets forward Trey Fix-Wolanski, who was just ripping it up in the American Hockey League for the Cleveland Monsters before this latest recall to the Blue Jackets. But first, I want to remind you to renew your tickets by this Friday, March the 31st. That will guarantee your seats for next season. Go to bluejackets.com slash renew now. Take advantage of the 12-month interest-free payment plan. That's going to go away after Friday, so make sure you take advantage of it. 12-month interest-free payment plan. You also have a chance to win a trip for two to next season's NHL All-Star Game. The Inside Edge continues right after this on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. I'm Bob McElligot. Jody Shelley is on assignment tonight. Trey Fix-Wolanski was having a monster season in Cleveland. You see what I did there? Monster season. Monsters, Cleveland. Yeah, you get it. Okay. But he was having a great season in Cleveland for the Monsters this year. He had 26 goals, 51 assists, and 67 points. And the Blue Jackets called him up an emergency recall for Trey Fix-Wolanski, who gets a chance to come back to the National Hockey League. That point total, by the way, not many since the Blue Jackets have come into existence that have played in their system in the American Hockey League have had that many points in a year. So Trey is already in a very special group. This guy's a seventh-round pick. He's trying to fight and claw and make it in the NHL. And earlier today, over at TD Garden, I had a chance to catch up with him and chat about that and much more. Trey, you've been here before. You've played some games here and there, but this opportunity, how much does it mean for you to get it, especially at this time of the year uh, when it, things are winding down here in the NHL and you want to leave people with the best impression in their minds? Yeah, um, I think any opportunity you get in the NHL is a great opportunity, and 
um, you know, for me to be able to come up here and um, prove that I could be an NHL player and uh, prove that I can play with the consistency that it takes to be an NHL player day in and day out. I think uh, that's what I'm focused on um, in these last couple games here. And it is tough. I mean, in the American League, you have a lot of points this year. As a matter of fact, uh, there are only a couple of guys in the history of the Blue Jackets minor league system that have put up more points in the season than you have. Bill Bowler's done it. Brad Moran's done it. Jonathan Marshall. So you're right there neck and neck with him right now. Uh, so it's a great way to get noticed, obviously. But one thing about it is when you're there, you're putting up those points. You come to the NHL, an average fan could look and say, okay, well, why isn't this guy getting, you know, two, three points a night? Or why isn't he getting at least one point a game? But it is, it's such a different, it's a different game, but more so for you, it's a different role that you play when you're here, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, down there, I think just getting uh, more opportunity and, um, you know, playing power play and uh, being the first line on the ice for overtime or whatever else it is I think that's you get way more opportunity to get points that way um but I also think just the work that I put in in the summer um in the gym and on the ice skating with um good NHL and AHL players and great skills coaches um I think I was able to develop my game and um you know prove to myself that I'm able to put up those points um you know I have always kind of been a point producer obviously at the junior level and um, my first couple years in the league battling injury, I, I didn't really find my, my groove, but I feel like now I'm back in, back in that groove and, um, you know, played well enough to obviously get an opportunity here in Columbus and I'm going to try whatever, or try and do whatever I can to make the most of it and stick here. Who were some of the guys that you were skating with in the summer that helped you to get that confidence? Yeah, actually one guy, uh, we're playing him tonight, Jake DeBrusque, um, skated with him a lot, uh, Sam Steele, um, Carter Hart, um, you know, Cam Hughes, guys, other guys in the AHL, and um, I feel like our group, it was a really skilled group, and, um, you know, we played a lot of mini games as well, so um, we were keeping our, our mind engaged in the game as well as, um, you know, trying, trying to become better hockey players, and, um, yeah, like I said, I think skating with those guys helped me immensely. You think Jake made the right decision when he rescinded that trade request? It's worked out pretty well for him, hasn't it? Yeah, I think it's worked out pretty well so far. <laughs> I think he's pretty happy. Yeah, I'm sure he's very happy here. Um, you know, it's funny when you talk about that, getting confidence. It, it is such – it's a mental game. It's not just a physical game, especially for a guy like you, a seventh-round pick. Nothing's guaranteed. You've got to work for every single thing that you get. And as you said, with injuries, you're missing games, you're missing opportunities to make it – to be an impact guy, make an impression. And – and that kind of stuff wears on you, right? I mean, you, you still have to you still have to reach down and find that confidence and that belief in yourself at times. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, confidence is one of the main things for how you're going to play um, throughout a season. I think uh, the more confidence you have, the the better your game is going to be. And um, you know, throughout this whole year, I've found that my confidence level hasn't dipped, and um, you know, I've. I've been able to, to play pretty much the same game, game in and game out in the AHL, and that's what I'm looking to do here in the NHL and um, make an impression that way. How has the confidence been over these last couple of games? I mean, you bounced around on lines, although the one game, you wound up with uh, Boone Jenner and Johnny Gaudreau by the end of the game. Not too bad. Yeah, uh, I feel like my confidence has been great. Um, you know, I've been up and down once before, and um, I think... In my mind right now, I, I have nothing to lose. I'm, I'm here to try and make an impression and, and stick with this team, and, um, you know, whatever happens, happens. Talk about being up and down before 
are you starting to get mentally used to that? Because, you know, the first time it happens, you get called up, maybe you play a game, you get sent back down, and then you're just waiting for your phone to ring. And maybe it goes long stretches and it doesn't ring, and then you start, boy, am I ever going to get another chance? As it's happened to you a couple of times, have you started to, to be able to deal with that part of it? Because that's another part that can be really tough. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been easier to deal with, but obviously it still stings a lot when you get sent down. Um, you want to... When you get called up, you want to make a big enough impression that you stick around. And, um, you know, obviously getting sent back down um, does suck, but you have to keep a good mindset. And I feel like this year, um, coming up and down a couple of times, my mindset is, has stayed the same. And I, um, I believed in myself and the way that I can play and um, continue to, you know, produce and, and try and help the team win in Cleveland. Talking with Trey Fix Wolanski of the Blue Jackets here. And what. How has it been this year in that aspect? Because this team has had so many injuries, and there have been so many recalls and guys going back and forth. And you're down there, you're trying to do your job, but let's be honest, human nature is sometimes you're going, okay, this guy got hurt, maybe they need a forward, maybe maybe this is my time, and then it turns out not to be your time, and, and you've got to stay there. Uh, what's that aspect of it like for you? Yeah, um, I mean, you can't let it get to you too much. Um like I was talking about before, just the mindset that, um, you know, you have to be a energy giver. You can't be an energy taker. I think uh, coming to the rink with the right attitude every day and um, showing the other people around and the coaches you want to be there. And, um, you know, no matter what's going on, if you're not getting called up or um, if you just got sent down, you have to, um, you know, not let the highs get too high and the lows get too low and you just got to um, battle through and I think keep that, that strong mindset and um, keep playing the same way. And it stinks because you're part of a team. You want to be part of another team, but you like being part of the team that you're with. What's it been like down there this year? Because as this roster has been ravaged by injury, that roster has just been poached all year long. I mean, I, I don't know. Did you even play with uh, – is there one guy that you played with the entire year or were you constantly playing with different people? Um, pretty regularly I've been playing with Richards, but uh, there's been so many injuries that uh, there will be a new winger – every couple games or um, whatnot, but um, everyone down there has been so good with everything. Everyone's so mentally tough, and um, if you look at our group right now, we're pushing for the playoffs, and, um, you know, that's something that probably in December we didn't really think was possible, but um, we've been grinding and we've been doing all that we can to make playoffs, and now they've put themselves in a great position, um, you know, to try and make playoffs and um, to be able to help them uh you know, since Christmas to, to get to that point has, has been super special. And um, every single guy in that room um, is amazing. And um, I love playing with them. And, um, you know, I'm happy to be up here. Um, and I think, you know, deep down, obviously, I want to be an NHL player. And um, I also want uh, the most success for the AHL team that I was a part of as well. Yeah, you miss your boys, right? They're, they're yeah. battling. You'd, you'd like to be there and help them, but you can't be there because you've got to be here and all of that stuff. It's kind of a it's a funny thing. And when you talk about all of that stuff, and you were just talking about dealing with the phone not ringing and not getting called up, and I remember talking to you the first time you, you came up here. This is just all maturity, isn't it? This is, this is just about you becoming an older person, a more knowledgeable person, as well as a hockey player, and just starting to figure things out. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think... With age, um, I've, under, I've understood the game a lot more and, um, you know, the behind-the-scenes part of it. So, um, to make it more mad or not, no, I'm no, just kidding. No, no. <laughs> like, like I said before, it's just about keeping that, that mindset the same. Um, 
you know, you can't, you can't let things get to you too much. I'm going to talk with Billy Sweezy, but I want to ask you about Billy because I get the feeling that Billy is going to downplay his role on a team. But I've got to tell you, every guy that has been up here and has talked about Billy Sweezy seems to absolutely love Billy Sweezy. What's special about this guy? Yeah, I mean, he's the most energetic guy at the rink every day, and um, it's just contagious. He's always smiling. He's always laughing. And um, on the ice, he, he plays hard, and I think that's what people like most about him is um, he doesn't shy away from anything. He finishes checks. He goes to the dirty areas. He blocks shots, and um, that's something that every team needs and something that every team wants. And um, I think being off the ice as well, being around him, um, you know, it's just always such a fun time to be around him, and he's such a nice guy and cares about all his teammates. And, yeah, there's not enough good things I can say about Billy. He's, he's an amazing dude. Yeah, sometimes guys just come along, and, again, before I even met him, I was like everybody was talking about, you know, Billy Sweezy, and I'm like, okay, well, what's the deal with this guy? But sometimes they're just those, those special people that come into your life on a team. It's easy to be a fan favorite sometimes, and it's not always easy to be a team favorite. It, it seems like he's done them both. Yeah, yeah, he's done both of them. Um, obviously, the fans in Cleveland love his the way he plays and, um, you know, fighting and hits and all that. So, um, yeah, they love him, and everybody in the room loves him, and, um, you know, the coaching staff loves him. So he's just he's an amazing guy. All right, as this season winds down, whether you wind up in the playoffs with Cleveland or you don't, or whenever it's all over, what's the plan for you this summer? Pretty much the same as last year? You're going to stay with that same pattern? Yeah, um, I feel like I've had this year a lot of success with what I did last summer, so I don't think I'm going to stray away from what I did and um, you know, hopefully come um, after this year and um, prove in these last 10 games that I can be a full-time NHLer and um, be a full-time NHLer next year as well. You gotten any feedback from these guys yet as far as where you are or is that something that's going to happen at the end of the year? I think that's most likely something that will happen at the end of the year in exit meetings. Well, Trey, thank you very much. It's great to see you. Enjoy your time in Boston today, getting ready for the game tomorrow, and uh, best of luck to you. And, uh, you know, I hope you wind up in the playoffs down there after you're done playing all these games here. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. That is Blue Jackets forward Trey Fix-Wolanski. Coming up next, it's Sweezy like Sunday morning. Defenseman Billy Sweezy is going to join me, and I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this conversation. It's coming up as the Inside Edge continues right after this on 97.1 The Fan. The Inside Edge continues here on 97.1 The Fan. I'm Bob McElligot. Again, no Jody Shelley tonight. He's on assignment. That's what we call it. He is on assignment. Tomorrow, the Blue Jackets are going to be right here where I am right now, Boston, Massachusetts. We're going to park the car at the Garden, and the Blue Jackets will take on the Bruins. Whose garden is it? Whose garden is it? You're going to find out from my next guest because he is a New Englander. And he is a guy that is, he's literally happy to be here because he's only played in two NHL games. But it is much more than that. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready to meet the one and the only Billy Sweezy. You know, you came up here a couple of weeks ago and played in that game in Minnesota, then got sent back down to Cleveland. But before you even arrived, I couldn't wait to meet you because all I hear is guys come up from Cleveland to talk about Billy Sweezy. You're like the, the man, the myth, the legend. What is it about you as a teammate that these guys love you, man? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, hopefully just, uh, you know, being a good guy around the room and uh, maybe the way I play, guys 
guys like that I you know got their backs out there so uh you know it's really nice to hear that they got good words about me so when they come up so uh you know I appreciate all my teammates down there so I'm glad they're uh Spreading the good word up here. Oh, oh, they're spreading it, man. They yeah. are spreading it. And and I can see why they like the way that you play and why the fans in Cleveland like the way that you play. We got a little glimpse of that last night against the Rangers. A couple of guys finally ran into your path. You didn't run out of your path to get them. They ran into your path. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's just uh, something I've always done. And, you know, um, it, it's been effective, and it's it's got me to where I am today. So, uh, you know, I just try to play hard out there, play physical, and uh Try not to care about who's on the other end of it. (laughs) That's a good attitude to have, especially in the NHL. If you start to care, you might be, should I hit this guy? No, just hit the guy, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Hey, So let's talk about the year that you've had here because you did get called up earlier in the year, and you practiced with the team for a while, and then Tim Bernie got called up, and he got right into games. You didn't, and you got sent back down to Cleveland. If I take you back to that moment, uh, where was your head at that point in time? Because, you know, I – when I was broadcasting in the American Hockey League and I came up and I filled in and I went back, you know, I thought, do I ever get an opportunity to go back to that league? And here you were, a guy that didn't even play in the game. Did, did those thoughts enter your mind or wouldn't you let that happen? Yeah, I mean, it's this game is so tough mentally. Uh, I think that for sure crossed my mind, right? I, I mean, I was as close as you can get to living out a childhood dream. And, uh, you know, it didn't happen that on that first call up. And, uh, you know, like you said, Tim came up. Uh, I played with Tim maybe 60 games last year as D partner, so I was so incredibly happy for him to get in and see how well he's doing. And, you know, he's one of my best friends from Cleveland last year for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those those thoughts just creep in your mind, unfortunately. It's kind of the nature of the beast of this game. Um, you know, I was like, what if what if that was it? And, and it didn't happen. Uh, so they were definitely in there, but I, I think just – you know, go back to Cleveland and, and get back to work and just kind of keep doing what I can do and, and show the organization what I can do and hope that they have trust in me to uh, to come back up and play. And, you know, obviously it worked out for me. So I've gotten, a, you know, only two games under my belt now, but hopefully I can can uh, keep going. Yeah. See, I should ask you that question first because the way you answered it about Tim, that, that told me that was the answer to the first question, yeah. why they like you, <laughs> why you're such a good guy. <laughs> yeah. But was, Okay, so you played the game in Minnesota, and then same thing. Get the Buffalo. Um, get scratched, wind up getting sent back down. Um, but now you go back down to Cleveland, you were a National Hockey Leaguer. I mean, you, you had a game under your belt. Nobody can take that away from you at that point in time. What was the feeling like going back? I mean, it was incredible. The whole the whole start-to-finish day in Minnesota was, was great. I mean, the guys were great to me. The, the staff, everybody was unbelievable to me. Um, so I really appreciate everybody for that. Um, but, yeah, then, you know, like, like you said, go back to Cleveland and kind of the same mindset as – after the first time, you know, it's still work, just back to work. Hope to come back, but, uh, you know, no one's ever taken that game away from me, like you said. You know, I'm going to bring that one to my grave for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, again, it's tough, right? You're here. You want to stay. You know, I, I love playing in Cleveland. Love my teammates. Love the fans. Love love the whole organization down there. But, you know, at the end of the day, we all, you know, no one dreamed of playing in the American Hockey League. Everyone dreamed about playing in the National Hockey League. You're absolutely correct on that. Now, when you went back, were there any guys, especially young guys, how many guys were asking you, what was it like what, just just to be in the show? What was it like for a day in the show? Every guy on the team. Yeah, everybody. Uh, everyone was super happy for me, which which was great to see. Um, you know, I really, really appreciated that when I got back down. But, yeah, everyone, every single guy on the team was asking me what it was like and, and how good it was. And, and, you know, I was honest with them. It was, it was the best day of my life to that point, for sure. Tell them it sucks if all the hotels are five star. You yeah. you fly in a private plane, you don't get the ride on the bus, and yeah. you know sleep for nine hours like we do here. It just stinks. Right, my fillet was a little overdone too. Yeah. You know that's 
That's what I told a couple of the guys. <laughs> Talking with defenseman uh, Billy Sweezy of the Blue Jackets. So here you get called back up again. And, and you know, as the season's going on, guys are dropping like flies up here. And let's be honest, you guys know what's going on down in Cleveland. So is there a point where you're starting to wonder, is my phone going to ring again? Am I going to get another chance? Yeah, I think it creeps in your mind for sure. Um, but, you know, I think that's a dangerous mindset to have, right? You don't want to really look ahead, especially – especially when you're doing this for a job, it's, it's just, you'll drive yourself crazy. Um, so I think for me, it was just, you know, take it a day at a time, take it a game at a time, a practice at a time. And, you know, if when that phone rings, just appreciate it, soak it all in and just then just go to work the next day. And the phone rings and they say, Billy, we want you to come to New York City and play at Madison Square Garden against the Rangers. That's a great feeling. That was a great feeling. Yeah, yeah. They told me I was going to New York, and I had to take a peek at the schedule. And I got uh, I got a little excited for the game after that one for for tomorrow, <laughs> obviously. But uh, no, I mean Madison Square Garden. I mean that was probably the coolest atmosphere I've ever. I mean for sure, it's the coolest atmosphere I've ever been a part of. I mean the the anthem alone, I thought was you know the coolest two minutes of my life. Like the place was going bananas, and it was just. It was insane. I was getting goosebumps. Like, it was just, it was an incredible experience start to finish. Yeah, but again, this is the garden that you want to play in, TD Garden in Boston. So it's my garden. Your, this, your is, garden. this is the garden I recognize. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That, that's perfect. Um, and, and because, I mean, this is this is your part of the country, man. I mean, your, your parents went to school in Providence. They both played hockey there. That's not very far away from here. I mean, this is, these are your people. Yeah, yeah they are. I mean, I've been, I've been in this crowd plenty of times. We had season tickets growing up, so I've been to, I couldn't even tell you how many Bruins games growing up, just going crazy in the stands for the team. So it's definitely going to be a special one for me tomorrow um, and for my family. And I'm really excited, obviously, that they're all close and, and are going to be able to make it. Who was your favorite Bruin growing up? I loved watching Andrew Ferentz because um, I tried to learn from him, obviously. And then more recently, uh, Adam McQuaid as well. Yeah. Now, I mentioned both your parents played uh, college hockey. Is that... Was it inevitable that you were going to wind up being a hockey player? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I kind of always say I came out of the womb with skates on. So uh, I think it was kind of destiny for either me or my brother. So I'm glad it worked out for me. <laughs> <laughs> now, you went to school at Yale. Spent four years at Yale. Because your whole path is is fascinating to me. Like, so many guys, they, they go to junior. Or even if they go to college, they wind up being drafted. You have fought and clawed for every single thing that you've done in your life. Uh, a little bit in the US, USHL, and then you wind up playing uh, at Yale. What was it like playing there? Because academics is probably first, second, and third, and then you can get to the hockey there, right? Yeah, there were a lot of long nights doing homework in the library for sure. Um, no other college guy ever says that, by the way. <laughs> Kent Johnson has never told me how much homework he had at Michigan. <laughs> two different schools for sure. Both good schools, but two different schools. Um, no, I mean, it was incredible. You know, like you said, I kind of had to – I was never able to skip a level. I always had to prove myself at every level. And, and uh, But, yeah, that experience at Yale was was invaluable for me. Like, it was it was everything. The uh, – you know, the same as same as here. The coaches, the teammates, the the school staff, every everybody was just so supportive. And you know, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't there for sure. And I believe that. And when you look at that, the, the class load schedule and the workload schedule and all of that stuff, how much has that helped you to be a guy that can 
manage his own time. You can organize your time in life right now because when you're in school, if you don't allot the right amount of time to do that homework and, yeah. and get those assignments turned in, obviously it's not going to be good for you. And as I said, they don't really care about the hockey as much as yeah. the academics there, right? So, But how much has that helped you to learn how to structure your life? Oh, I think it's huge. I mean, I mean, time management, especially now, like there's a lot of free time um, in pro hockey, so it's important to... You know, when you have something to do, you got to do it. You got to do it now. You can't put it off. And uh, you know, I learned that when I was at school, when I when I had homework to do or assignments, you got to do those. And when it's hockey time, it's time to focus on that. Don't worry about school. And you know, I think that's something I I kind of brought into my life now, like just being present, um, trying to just enjoy where your feet are, if you will. And um, you know, it's been it, it's been great to just kind of you know take it either day by day or you know hour by hour, even sometimes on game days. When I talked about you fighting for everything you got, when you come out of school, lo and behold, pandemic, right? Yeah. And now you're looking for a place to play, an organization. When I say place to play, I mean who the hell's playing? Yeah. you got to find a place where you yeah. can actually play, right? So you wound up in the Penguins organization and played a little bit in Wilkes-Barre, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. And uh, that was a great time. I mean, that was also huge for uh, my development to be where I am now. And honestly, I think the shortened season kind of helped me because it was pretty similar to a college-sized uh, workload. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it was at the pro level, obviously. So I think it was a good kind of introduction for me and, you know, learn how to be a pro, you know, learn how hard the games are and how the just how the game works at this level. And uh, I think it was great. And obviously you were there long enough for somebody to see you, like you, and they want to sign you to a contract with the Blue Jackets. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. So we never played Cleveland or um, we only played like three teams that year. They had little bubble divisions. But uh, yeah, I must have caught someone's eye. but, you know, same, kind of same thing. It was just kind of a day-by-day, day, go to work, you know, put everything I can in the ice and, um, you know, make sure I have no regrets when it was over if there was no contract at the end of that season. Well, they always say every night you play, you're playing for 32 teams, not just the one that you're playing with. Um, and you, your degree, what is it, biomedical engineering? Yeah. What's up, Smith? Well, how you doing, man? <laughs> it is his garden, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> even, the Bru- even the Bruins know it's his garden. <laughs> Who was that? Charlie Coyle. Charlie. Yeah, I work out with him in the summers. Great guy. Perfect. Um, so you have, if this whole thing didn't work out for you, you're one of the guys, maybe the only guy <laughs> that has a real backup plan in there, right? Yeah, maybe. I'm sure guys could. Uh, we got some smart guys on the team, yeah. I think. They just hide it. They don't want to. Uh, they don't want people to know that they're smart. But uh, you know, but they all know you're you're the, you're the smartest. So there's no reason to say anything. Yeah, I'm just book smart. I just studied a lot. That's I just. I could have been anyone could have done it. <laughs> One last thing I would ask you about Cleveland. They're trying like heck to get into the playoffs right now. You're here. They're there. I know you're rooting for them and pulling for them, but is it is it kind of a uh, it's kind of tear you a little bit because you want to help them, but you got to help yourself right now. Yeah, um, it definitely hurts a little not uh, not being down there to uh, help them out. Right? I mean, I've invested a year and a half with those guys. They've invested a year and a half into me. And, uh, you know, I want to do everything I can to help that team, help that team make playoffs. So, you know, I'm rooting for them. I'm talking to all the guys. They have a huge one tonight, really big division game. So uh, I'm sure I'll be keeping tabs on that. But, uh, you know, those guys down there, they, they work so hard. They deserve it. They really do. You know what the other bonus there is for you being here right now, besides you got to play in New York and you're going to play in Boston, you didn't have to spend like three days in Rochester yeah. like your teammates. Yeah, that is that was big. Yeah, the um, downtown New York was a little better than downtown Rochester. Yeah, right. Because yeah. I know not many people say that, but it is. <laughs> I've been in both. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you all the way. I said to Trey Fix Wolanski earlier. I said, you know, what a 
What a golden uh, thing that is for you guys. You didn't get stuck there for three days yeah. because after 10 minutes, I don't know what you'd do. Yeah, I know. We, we were running out of ideas quick, yeah. when I was, and I was there for one night. <laughs> Charlie Coyle know you're going to run him tomorrow if you get the chance? I hope so. I think he does know that, yeah. From summer skates alone, I think he – I hope so. Who else do you skate with in the summer? Um, we got a pretty good crew. Like, Kevin Hayes is there. Um, you know, Ryan Donato. Just a lot of the local, like, Colin White, a lot of the local, uh, you know, Massachusetts guys. We all train over in Foxborough. So, uh, and they have ice right there for us. So it's, it's a really good crew. You know, Red Sox opening days tomorrow. I do actually. My, um, me and my brother actually have season tickets this year and he's going to the Red Sox game before the game tonight or tomorrow night here. Couldn't get Brad Larson to let you sneak over there. Watch a uh, couple maybe. of innings. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe after pregame meal. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, probably not though. I'm going to have to sneak away. <laughs> All right, Billy, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Um, Love your enthusiasm and your personality, and I can't wait to see you dominate your garden tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, thank you. Infectious, just to listen to that guy, isn't it? Is is amazing. His personality is absolutely amazing, and he's a good hockey player. And, yeah, we're standing there in the hallway at TD Garden, and, like, the player comes up behind me to say hi to him. I can't even see who it is. I can't even turn around. I just know somebody's looming over me talking with Billy, and uh, it was Charlie Coyle. I did, truth be told, I went into the room, into the Bruins' room after their practice, and I was hoping Charlie was still in there because I wanted to talk to him about Billy, but he was out of the room already and getting ready to go home, so I didn't get to have that conversation with him. But um, you can just tell that Billy Sweezy is a guy that everybody likes, but he's got to be a guy that can play as well, and we've seen that a little bit. Again, just... There have only been two sample sizes, the game in Minnesota, the game against the Rangers. Um, Again, he was much more noticeable last night against the Rangers because he got a chance to put the body on a couple of guys, and I'm sure he's going to try to do that at the Garden tomorrow. We'll take one more break, and I'll come back and wrap up this week's edition of the Inside Edge here on 97.1 The Fan. New 2023-24 Blue Jackets ticket plans are on sale right now. They start at just 11 games, and you can choose the seats you want and the games you want while saving up to 28%. For details, go to bluejackets.com slash ticket plans. I don't know where all the time has gone tonight. I mean, this show is basically over, but I want to tell you that the Blue Jackets and the Bruins are playing tomorrow night, and Boston is going to be hungry for a win. They haven't lost many games at home here this year, but they did last night. They were edged out by Nashville 2-1. to I believe Brad Marchand said after the game that they didn't take Nashville seriously enough. Don't look for the Bruins to make that same mistake against the Blue Jackets tomorrow. They are going to be hungry. The Blue Jackets have got to be on top of their game. David Pasternak is a guy that leads the Bruins in goals, assists, and points, but you've got him, you've got Marchand, you've got Patrice Bergeron. You've got a team here that is really solid, and they got even deeper and more solid before the trade deadline came and went. And they've got some guys. Taylor Hall is still injured. Nick Felino is still injured. I saw Nick this morning. Uh, he's close to being ready to go, but he's not going to go tomorrow night. They have some real talent that is not in their lineup right now, and they've got a great deal of talent in their lineup. So, again, you got to be ready to hunt bear tomorrow. You get it? I did it again. Another pun. Oh, I'm so good at that. Tomorrow night's game gets underway at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage starts right here on The Fan at 6.30 tomorrow night and also at 6.30 on Bally Sports Ohio. I'd like to thank Trey Fix-Wilansky and Billy Sweezy for being my guests today. I'm Bob McElligot saying so long and thanks for listening to the Inside Edge on 97.1 The Fan.